0: Well, with that breeze, you may feel the winds of change starting a little bit. We're into September already, and into another weekend. It's also another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison.
1: Yeah, as always, time flies. And one of the things I hope you've noticed over the last few weeks is we're trying to answer some of the tough questions, or at least give you some material to answer the pressing questions that people have. A few weeks ago, um maybe close to a couple of months ago uh, by now um, we uh we asked the question, "Who am I?" That was an important question that we put out there here on the podcast, and it's important for us to know who we are, where we come from, and how to respond to the world based on who. God in the Bible says we are, because we have to have a standard from which to go. And so the logical question, another logical question that kind of goes hand in hand with that is who is Jesus? Mm. So we're going to begin to address that on today's show, and we'll probably come back for some other episode along these lines, maybe focusing in on some of these points a little bit more. But for now, we're just going to look at it in a general sense. So Adam's going to start us off with our quote of the day.
0: Here are two mysteries for the price of one. The plurality uh, plurality of persons within the unity of God and the union of Godhead and manhood in the person of Jesus. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as is this truth of the incarnation. That is from J.I. Packer.
1: I know that was a little tricky there, Adam, but the (laughs) gist of it is that Jesus is both man and God at once. And that's something that we can't fully comprehend, but it's totally necessary for him to do all the things that he needed to do for us. And so our first point for the day is Jesus is a real person. And at this
0: time, there was a wise man who was called Jesus And his conduct was good and his learning outstanding. And many people from among the Jews and the other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. And those who had become his disciples did not abandon their discipleship. They reported that he had appeared to them three days after the crucifixion and that he was alive accordingly. He was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets have recounted wonders. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that they were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons
1: out of the book of Galatians. All right. So the first part that Adam read was a quote from Josephus. The reason I included this is because it is a non-biblical historical record of Jesus of Nazareth, mm. establishing that Jesus was an actual person. That he wasn't just in the Bible. It wasn't something that was made up by, uh, by his disciples. Josephus was one who did not have a vested religious interest in Jesus that we know of particularly. But he's just saying, as a historian, I know that Jesus was real. And so that's why that's there. And then Galatians 4, 4 and 5 talks about how God sent forth his son made of a woman. So clearly stating that his humanity he came from his mother, Mary. It doesn't say his his foster mother or his stepmother. She was his mother. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side of the coin, we have Joseph, who was his stepfather. Why is that? Because if Joseph had been his biological father, he would have passed on his sin nature to Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't have been able to die for our sins as a perfect human being. Not only that, but Jesus existed before he was human. Now, that's that's another hard thing to comprehend. But the, the truth of the matter is he was eternally coexistent with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And at a point in time, he decided to step onto the human timeline of history. All right. And then the next one is Jesus is God. Your father Abraham rejoiced
0: to see my day and he saw it. And was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. It's John eight, fifty-six through fifty eight.
1: And pay very close attention to the tense Mm. in that verse. I am. That's very deliberate on Jesus' part, because he's saying, I transcend time. Yeah. I know the end from the beginning, I'm the same God who was speaking to Moses through the burning bush. Remember in Exodus, Moses said, if people ask me who sent me to them, if they say, who sent you to us? What do I say? And he said, say to them, I am has sent me to you. So the idea being that the eternally existent God sent Moses to the people of Israel. And the same God who was in that bush was standing before the Pharisees. In human form. Adam, do you have any thoughts on these first two aspects of Jesus?
0: I think it's so cool to dig into who he actually is. Uh, Like it said at the end, I am. We know uh, what Jesus did. Um, We know where he walked. We knew all the things in the Bible of all the things he uh, called us to be. But really digging into who he is, I think it's so cool to find out more and to get into a deeper relationship with him in that way. Because really, we don't, I don't know if we think about that a lot. Like we pray to Jesus, we call on him, but do we really like get to know him?
1: Well, absolutely. And and he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they give, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pull them out of my hand. So he wants that relationship with us. Uh, Jesus uh, is sinless. Is our next point? For he hath made him to be sin
0: for us, who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. That's from Second Corinthians.
1: Okay, I often say that this is the best win-win situation uh, in all of Scripture, because, or one of the best win-win situations in all of Scripture, because he takes our sin and gives gives him gives us his righteousness. So he takes away the sin that makes us unable to live a productive life, a happy life, a joyful life. And not only that, but he gives us his righteousness. So not only will we have a productive, abundant life here, but we'll also have uh, a great life after death when we go to heaven. So it really is a great situation for us to be in. And then Jesus is the way to salvation.
0: For all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation. <laughs>
1: Propit- propitiation.
0: Thank you. Through the faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. That's from Romans 3.
1: And basically Romans three twenty three through 25, basically propitiation means Payment or substitute. Mm. And I wanted to share this passage specifically because we often focus on the first verse in this passage, which is 323. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And we often don't teach the next two verses, which is the hope.
0: Mm.
1: Being justified freely through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus or being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we fall short of the glory of God all of us do but we all have the opportunity for redemption in Jesus Christ and why because he made himself a propitiation or God gave him as a propitiation for our sins and he declared uh his righteousness for the remission of things that are past and again it's kind of a reflection of the last one of the last passages we talked about because Uh, It's talking about how he substituted himself, became sin for us. Even though he was righteous, there was no reason why he had to do that. But he did it because he loved us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any thoughts before we move on to the final one, Adam?
0: It's amazing to think that even when he was sinless, he was perfectly clean, spotless. He took all the punishment, all the sin, all the pain from us for what we deserved and took our place. It just, I don't know, it, it blows me away because I think, and this sounds really bad, but I think you can hear about what Jesus did for us on the cross so many times that it's always impactful, but it can start to become like the same message after a while. But how often do we really stop and think like there's there's a guy who gave everything for me? That I didn't even know at the time. And he loves me that much that he created me, then died for me, gave everything for me, continues to today. It's incredible. Well,
1: absolutely. When you when you kind of uh, step back and consider the profound truths of the Bible, that happens to you. This is slightly off topic, but recently I went to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum yeah. in Kentucky. And I, I want to elaborate on them more perhaps in a, a future episode uh, because they were really well done and neat. But one of the, there's a couple of things that really stick out. One of them is the idea of redemption. Um, Noah was spared from the flood by the ark. God told Noah to build the ark. He built it the way God told him to do. And then God shut the door and let him in or locked him in so that he would be safe. And one thing that we often don't think about is that I think it's in, it's in first or second Peter. We read that Noah preached righteousness to the people around him. And so the implication there is, Hey, if you want to get on board the art, you can, it's open for you to do that. But you, but if you don't do that, then you're going to be in trouble. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Jesus is the only way to salvation. We see that without him, we fall short, but with him, we can have everything pertaining to salvation. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up is, uh, again, backing up to the the plain truth of the Scripture. The Scriptures teach us that we are all ancestors of one of three people, <laughs> mm. Shem, Ham, or Japheth. There's no room for uh, racism when you think about the fact that we have those three common ancestors and so i i i just say that to say like you were talking about just um just backing up and thinking about the fact that the basics of truth are sometimes very humbling and very amazing when you take the time to think about them it's just it's surreal to think about all right and then finally jesus did all the work
0: for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; is it it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians two verses eight through
1: nine. And for this one, um, it kind of reiterates some of the other stuff we've talked about, but basically, anything in you that you think is is worthy of salvation, it's not. Mm. If if it was about works, how would you know you'd done enough work? to get into heaven. You know, would you just wake up one day when you're 50 or 75 or 80 and say, I finally did enough work to get into heaven? No, there'd be no way for you to know. But the Bible says we can know that we have eternal life. And the way that we know is that Jesus did all the work. Uh, uh, We were saved by grace through faith. And I think of that phrase that none of yourselves and I've really over the last few years been thinking about that even the faith that we have to believe in God, to believe in Jesus. Even that faith comes from God in a way because the Bible says in Romans chapter one that no one seeks after God. All right. We're about to wrap up this important podcast on who is Jesus. I'd encourage you to share it with your family and friends. And uh, as I said, we'll probably be elaborating on some of these points in future episodes. But Adam, as we close things up for the week, do you have any final thoughts?
0: I think just continuing to dig into who Jesus is and like spending time with him, I think it's the best way to build any relationship. And I, and I say that from my own heart because I know I've kind of slacked on that lately throughout the day. I have a quick little prayer in the morning or something and some days that, that's that been it. but. It's so cool when you realize when you take time to not only focus on Jesus but spend time with him whether it be in prayer or worship or whatever well, you might feel called to do. And I
1: know as a preacher and and now we announced you know within the last few weeks that you are now in a position of leadership over youth in your church. Yeah. When you realize that you are in a position of spiritual leadership even to a small degree you realize that you have a responsibility to be fed spiritually so that you can feed others. Right, amen. You you can't feed someone from an empty tank. Mm -hmm. So you have to be prepared to be that vessel. Jesus does the work through us, but we have to be willing vessels. Yeah. We have to be in the place spiritually where he can say, okay, go do this. And we can say with all confidence, I'm going to go do this because he told me to do it. And so I just want... To make it clear to you. And like, like Adam said, it's a challenge for both of us because it can be so easy to get busy. I mean, to, and to get caught up in the work that we have to do. I mean, that's one of the challenges is there are, there is certain work that you have to do. Right. You can't sit in a shack just reading the Bible all day long. Um, although I I know. Both of us could probably say we could read a lot more of the Bible than we do (laughs) every day. But you can't do that. But on the flip side, if you neglect it, my experience has been the other aspects of your day can go all topsy-turvy because you didn't take the time to really spend in God's Word. Mm -hmm. And as I said, you can't feed someone if you yourself have not eaten. So I think it's important for all of us. Realize that, and even if you're not in a position of specific leadership in your church, you still have people that look up to you. Every single one of us does, every single one of us has people in our lives that view us as leaders, and we need to be prepared for that eventuality. Um, uh, and I'll just read this verse again uh, For by grace you have been saved through your faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul said, I will boast in nothing except for Jesus Christ, my Lord. And truly that is the goal of those of us here speaking for him. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and that you keep serving the best of Master's.